0: And if you're in the middle, trying to please everyone, saying yes all the time, you just will never, ever achieve any degree of that success.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're talking about the top 10 marketing and mindset tips for 2023. Andy, first recording of 2023, that feels strange, doesn't it? 2023, mad, isn't it? I remember the millennium feeling big, and now...
0: I remember being sat down with my friend Simon Tinkler when we were 10 years old, working out how old we'd be in the year 2000. It was like, man, we're going to be like 27. We're going to be like so old. And that was like 23 fucking years ago now. But luckily, I just I still feel like a 16-year-old.
1: Yeah, well, for the benefit of the listeners, I was 13. I don't know.
0: That happened? Joel's never been 13, listeners. Joel's Joel's born fourth. with a beard. Joel's 40 hey, when I
1: met him. I've trimmed my beard a lot shorter. No one's noticed. Wouldn't expect him to. But, um, no, I never noticed. I look less like a wizard, mate. No? Oh, yeah. getting kind of a bit grey, though. Well, the more I trim it down, the more. It, it looks. Is it grey or ginger? Well, there's a bit of everything in there. I wouldn't work with you if it were ginger. Brilliant.
0: Am Sorry. I not allowed to say that either? It's just, is that some form of I mean, I always ism. want to
1: restart the podcast. Of course it is. You know it is. You wouldn't make a joke about it Gingerism. What do you call it? <laughs> Being a bigot, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, and that's karma. Knock it on your chest.
0: <coughs> so I've got a cold. I'm not laughing because Joel's funny.
1: He hasn't got a cold.
0: Ten top marketing and mindset tips for 2023. Joel, who's not ginger. Um, I want. I, can I do 11 now?
1: Um, if if you must.
0: All oh, right, because uh, I want an 11th one.
1: But at so, the end or at the beginning?
0: Oh, I'll say, I'll do it at the end then. Okay. No, I'll do it at the beginning because I'll forget otherwise. Sorry. Numero uno, which is now the the impromptu one. Say oh. say no more often.
1: Oh yeah, that's a big one for me this year.
0: Have you said no to anyone this year? Yes. Where
1: are we? The third. Yeah, loads already. Excellent. How uh, do you feel? <laughs> good. So I had this conversation with a client driving in this morning. Actually, um, rang him. Well, he rang me for a chat because we were both meant to be on um, a mastermind Ooh. together, and both decided it wasn't worth our time today, which is a whole other matter. But that's saying no, obviously. Uh, And then we're talking about how we need to say no more often because we'd been having um, monthly meetups with a couple of other business owners and they weren't operating at the same, uh, I won't say level, that's not fair, but they weren't operating from the same kind of tenacity as us. And so it was a bad fit to meet up monthly when, some people's focus there is to sort of go slow and gentle and then me and the guy I'm talking about are like bulls in a china shop and want to smash through stuff and make shit happen. Um, so we said, oh, i to have to say no to them the next meetup and, just, and if they ask why, just tell the truth. And it's remarkably refreshing. Yeah, what did I read? A quote about saying
0: no, that it, it um, won't win you any popularity contest, contest, but it will earn you respect. Yeah. And that's a hard thing, is it? Because I think most people innately just want to be everyone else's friend.
1: Yeah. And it's that whole, like,
0: if it's not a fuck, yes, it has to be a hell no. So debated this with the team this morning. Ooh. Debated this with the team. Which way round is it? And we've, we've gone with stone cold. Stone cold will say hell yeah. So we're going with, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a fuck no. Rather than if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a hell no. Well,
1: I'm cool with that. it's well, stone cold reckon? related. Um, I'm not sure that is the right way around, but I like it.
0: Hell yeah, it's a fuck no. Did you see the guy in the Stone Cold uh, t shirt at World's Strongest Man? No. He had the what to the big question mark.
1: Did he? Yeah, On, in one of the heats? Uh, yes. Nice. Yeah, nice. Powerful. I saw a new Stone Cold t shirt. Not a new one, but a throwback to an old one that's now been republished. Been there, destroyed that. Uh, mm. I was like, yeah, that's cool. My TikTok
0: is pretty much just old wrestling clips now.
1: Mine is like a weird mix of like lots of people that have been cancelled on other platforms that I then have to decide whether I'm interested in what they're saying or whether they really are bellends. And then... TikTok um, more generous then? I th- more yeah, I yeah, I think everyone... I don't think people have... Maybe their personal accounts are cancelled, but they're, be, they're being republished. Or, is or Andrew whatever. Tate on TikTok? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know if he is, but I get a lot of Andrew Tate content, particularly at the moment, because he's obviously hit the headlines. Bad. Um, but yeah, I don't like the bloke. Um, it's not for me. (laughs) And then I get a lot of Jordan Peterson who's very controversial. So I went down that rabbit hole over Christmas of like, right. How much of this stuff that he's actually saying is fact, or does he just sound like he knows what he's talking about? He certainly sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Yeah. So, um, pans out, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But a lot of the things that he sounds very certain on is quite shady. science. I think when you, when you can speak
0: as powerfully and eloquently as he can, a lot of people by default would assume what he's saying is true.
1: Yeah. So I watched, studies show that. Mm. Oh,
0: do they? It's which, been which said studies? that. Yeah, yeah, studies? yeah, yeah.
1: So I watched a debate between him and Stephen Fry, and it was really eye-opening because he met his match. Oh, what they had opposing views on something. Yeah, and 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 like. Oh, what was that on? I just came up on my TikTok, but um, no, where, where's where's the? Um, where were they debating then? I can't remember. It was in a university on a panel? or Oh, something. cool. But, but um, obviously, Stephen Fry. Definitely, in, if you wanted to polarise it, definitely leans to the left. Uh, Jordan Peterson says he's a liberalist, but he's, he's, he's fancied by a lot of the right wing. Um, mm. And then some of his views on certain things are, are certainly right wing mm. views. So it was very interesting to watch them debate, very respectfully, but they're, they're both on a similar intellectual level. So, it, it, yeah, just... I don't even know how I've got to this.
0: Yeah. Um, talking about people like Tate, and um, I think I asked you about, you were saying you watched something on TikTok, and are TikTok more lenient about oh, who Oh, yeah, your on?
1: TikTok's full of wrestling. That's what it was. Mm. Yeah, and my TikTok seems to be full of challenging my beliefs at the moment. And oh.
0: snooker. Snooker? A few snooker, yeah. Is that
1: because you find it relaxing?
0: I like watching Ronnie O'Sullivan, and he's done so many 147s now, I can just watch those. Like, he's all an day. interesting
1: character as well, right? Yes. He's a rogue. Long.
0: He's he's always obviously he's come with his own challenges and his father being in prison or was in prison or whatever. Um but yeah, from I remember watching him when he like won some junior world championship, age fourteen or something mad. He's just always been exciting to watch. Um but that the skill level, yeah, best best snooker player ever.
1: Oh yeah. it's, it's even though he hasn't won as many titles as Stephen Hendry and stuff like that, it's through choice, he, he's not afraid to say no. I mean, there was a world championship he didn't go to, I think, because Barry Hearn didn't pay him enough or whatever. And so. you refused to take the black on a one four seven
0: in defiance of the amount of money that they paid for one four seven. So he deliberately didn't take that last shot to get the one four seven. Yeah, option.
1: because it was too low, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some might say that's just greedy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's he's like like one of the last true punks in his attitude. He's quite like renegade maverick. And you see it in football occasionally. You get a player who just doesn't do, what, and, and in business. Well, it's see, that's Why? Why I don't watch? Yeah, you know, I used to watch loads of
0: snooker, and not the craziest sport. Never has been, but the characters. Ronnie O'Sullivan's the last of them. So when he retires, and he says he's going to be, been, been saying he's going to retire for the last ten years, I think. I know I'll watch even less. Um, I stopped watching MMA really when the likes of Chuck Liddell started retiring and. Because you know, it became WWE. it just became so. Sounds awful. though. so professional that there's there's no that there's that, no characters. That's anymore. what's
1: happening in all sport, right? They're so professional now; it's sterilized. Yeah, boring. But that's then, true. interestingly, MMA and boxing have both like tried to deliberately go the other way, and it, you can see straight through it. Like it's all on act. Um. American sports don't seem to suffer with the sterilization so much, but maybe because they've been so professional for so long, the characters come back. Yeah. Because they obviously they're 30 years ahead of us in terms of the sports science and the the training and the mindset and all of that. So then in the basketball over there, you really do get some characters. But it's almost discouraged, isn't it? It, um, Self-expression. You see it in business. It's the people who put their head above the parapet are the ones that get shot, so they don't. I struggle with that.
0: Um, I'd say say a number of people my age struggle with that because sometimes you – I think there is a massive fear. You don't know what to say, and that's partly the reason why maybe some things are a bit bland and boring. And that's Mm. why, you know, whether you hate him or love him, comedians like Ricky Gervais, at least they keep an interest in a field of entertainment or a field of endeavour – So stand-up comedy, you can watch someone like Ricky Gervais. And again, you'll probably either love him or hate him. Whereas comedians or or any professional, they're very good at what they do, but they're in the middle. So they do appeal to a wide range of people. How much do they appeal to that wide range of people?
1: Yeah. so, so. So I watched, um, you know, Stuart Lee, the comedian. He's been around for years, hasn't he? I watched a, a TikTok of him the other day, and he was talking about Ricky Gervais. So he was saying that, And uh, I watched a very similar one by Billy Connolly where they were talking about in the 60s and 70s and the early 80s to be a comedian. You couldn't talk about politics or money because that was frowned upon, but you could be racist or sexist. And that's what got you the laughs. And so... They were breakthrough comedians at that time because they didn't talk about that. They talked about politics and money, and mm, you know, mm. that and, when Ben Elton came through. I and like cool. the state of living and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like Ben Elton and like the young ones and that kind of stuff that happened. My mum never watch that.
0: Really? That. really? Yeah. Shock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, watch it now. It's like fucking tame. Well, yeah, yeah. Then um, the next era after that was all about politics and money. So suddenly you had your Ben Eltons, and then uh, and and like what it's like to live and anecdotal stuff. So you get like your Lee Evans, your Peter Kay. And then Stuart Lee was making the joke that now all comedians joke about is what they're not allowed to joke about. So they're all just talking about how offensive they are. And Ricky Gervais being the example of like, he says that he's not allowed to make a joke and then makes a joke about it. And Stuart Lee was like, so he is allowed to make that joke. And it was, it was really interesting that we have now got like, uh, loads of American comedians and a few British comedians that just say what they consider controversial because they're saying they're not allowed to say mm-hmm. it. But the only people saying they're not allowed to say it is them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite a. It was quite an, like a. It, what he was basically saying is the world's not as woke and snowflake as you say it is. You're you're prodding that fire for the commercial benefit. And when Netflix pays you sixty million pounds to do a stand up special, and you spend forty five minutes of that hour talking about the things you're not allowed to say. And then say them. Yeah. It's like, who's telling the truth? Uh, oh, and I like Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, I like Ricky Gervais.
0: What did I see, I was watching a clip, and I think it was on fucking TikTok again, of a um, Graham Norton show, and Ramesh was on it. And we both love Ramesh. Yeah. And he was, he was talking about his mother, as he usually does. And he did a quick impression of his mother saying something. In a Sri Lankan accent. In a Sri Lankan accent. I was going to say Indian accent, but well done. Correct me, I didn't know that. didn't know they're Sri Lankan. Um, and. I've never heard his mum being interviewed, so she might have a pronounced Sri Lankan accent. She does. But when Romesh did it, it was quite obvious just in that clip the audience weren't laughing or there was almost like a bit of nervous laughter because can I laugh at that or would that make me a racist? Almost like that kind of thing going on. And I think there's there's some interesting times. I I wonder whether we'll look back and think how enlightened we are or were or whether we'll look back and think, fucking hell, we really didn't have Any other problems to focus on at that time?
1: If I was to go too deep... steady on. I would say uh, we're encouraged to worry about things that have no consequence whatsoever. So did you, on that note,
0: did you enjoy Christmas and feel guilty about it? Because according to social media, we're not allowed to celebrate Christmas because there's people starving and there's people in wars and
1: there's... Bollocks, isn't it? It's just bollocks. Like, that, like... Genuinely, I spent some of my Christmas Day in a hospital looking after my nan. Not looking after her, that's a bit of an exaggeration. Talking to her. You're not a doctor. Um, but I didn't post that on social media and say, you lot need to stop celebrating because my nan's in hospital. Oh, um, you were that person who didn't. But, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I've done really well with my social to get rid of people who just piss me off. I think if you were to scroll through LinkedIn from December the 1st onwards,
0: it's almost like... Who can be the most miserable at Christmas because of cost of living, because of illness, because of famine? It's like fucking hell. I remember as a kid talking to my grandfather and he'd talk about how they celebrated Christmas during World War II. And he says, Well, if if you can celebrate Christmas when there's a fucking world war coming on, hopefully you can celebrate it when energy bills have gone up, for example.
1: Right, just like fucking madness, isn't it? People uh, lose sight of what Christmas is meant to be. Like the best part of Christmas for me. Is getting together with your loved ones, whether that's close family Weird for me, it's watching World's Strongest Man. <laughs> that's new year. <laughs> but um <coughs> Yeah, people just lose sight of what it's about. And I don't think we should ram Christmas down other people's throats. If they don't want to celebrate Christmas, that's fine. But I do. And like uh I've got a Jewish friend and, and she posts a lot about Hanukkah and what a great time she's having, but she respects people that are celebrating Christmas. It is allowed. Yeah, mm. it's it's like why choose to be miserable? Well, I'm trying to think, what well, because you're in talk about
0: how, how evolution, we've we we have been pre-programmed to have a healthy dose of fear yeah. because dinosaur might chase you, whatever. It's to keep you safe. But it's almost like we are also been pre-programmed by that rationale that we we have to have something to worry about. We have to. Yeah, yeah. So when we've got the latest iPhone, when every member of the family's got a car, we've got a house, we've probably got a second home somewhere, we're having a few holidays. Oh, yeah, I oh, what, what can I, uh, no, I'm talking about you. <laughs> you have four holidays a what, year. What can I, um, what can I worry about? What can I moan about? It's almost like, oh, I don't know, I'll, I'll, and this is maybe where the whole woke snowflake thing came in. Well, I'll find something to worry about and focus on because everything else in my life, when you look at it, is actually pretty fucking cushy.
1: And that's what, like, blows my mind is you've got that element, which is the we haven't, we haven't even got into it. our list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've got this is a
1: whole new podcast. Element where you're predisposed to um, a certain level of anxiety, which is your safety mechanism. Mm-hmm. Completely get that. And then you've got this other element where we're still quite tribal, and I think that goes back to those times as well. Those people across the river over there aren't one of us, and we need to be careful. They don't come and steal our food and all that shit. Can I interject with a quick point? Go
0: on. Um, I was watching Planet of the Apes. is 1968 Charlton Heston yeah. version, right? And apparently, during filming, uh, and sorry, during breaks in filming, when they're having lunch and all that kind of stuff, the orangutans would hang around with the orangutans. the chimpanzees would hang around with the chimpanzees. So, just that tribalism just happened naturally during the making of that yeah, film.
1: Yeah, isn't that weird? So, you, yeah, that's my point. That you're predisposed to a little bit of that tribalism, and then what happens is it's very easy for the media or marketing agencies or whatever to play you off against each other. So it's like, oh, the haves and have-nots or um, white and black people or French and English or whatever it might be. Leavers or, or remainers. Yeah, leavers or remainers, yeah. Vaccine. Immig- oh. immigrants Vaccines. Immigrants born here. Yeah, vaccine or no vaccine. And yet the big issues are not those things. Mm. And, um, yeah, that, that grinds me because I, I see people who I really respect talking down about people who I also really respect and wonder why like there's there's plenty of horrible shit going on in the world where you don't need to worry if like the guy down the road's a snowflake or a gammon or whatever it's just and i know that's why i know i find it hard
0: not getting wound up about some things because of things that have gone on with with my past so for example it someone gets upset about something and I might think it's something really trivial because, well, let me tell you about racism in the 70s and 80s or what happened to me. But that doesn't make their pain any less. But it's like, you know, when mm. the the famous incident we usually talk about is when someone we know, um, people used to laugh because they had a surname that could be slightly amusing. Rhymed with Willie or was Willie? It wasn't Willie, but it, it was almost like Willie. And it's like... I'm finding it hard to empathize with you because I'd have people shouting packy scum and spitting on me. So when it comes to name call and stuff, and, and I know that's like, go, well, okay, so I need to work on that and try and have more empathy because as far as she's concerned, that's the end of the world,
1: having a slightly amusing survey. It's all relative to them, right? Yeah. Like it's not about breaking people down because they're wrong, because they're offended. It's about building them up so they're not as offended next time. And that's difficult because the whole world is telling you to be offended. But if you say to someone, you need to be resilient enough that that stuff doesn't bother you, and you also need to have enough passion about whatever it is you do in life that you don't seek out things that offend you. Because sitting on YouTube and looking up old clips of Only Fools and Horses to see if they were racist or not isn't healthy for anyone.
0: But that's responsibility, isn't it? And
1: that's hard, right?
0: That's really hard. It's a cure to a lot. But it's also, I think, the hardest thing is, is getting anyone to accept responsibility. So one of Codebreak's values is own your shit. And I'd say when it comes to interviewing potential members of staff, that's the one perhaps we 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 know we have to focus on the most.
1: Because so All many people, us. they don't want,
0: us. they don't, like, you know, Uncle Ben, Spider-Man, they want the power. Okay. With that comes great responsibility. You need that's to fantastic. own your shit. Right. Not as an earth, or a tilde band itself. Oh, I don't know. Those Tilda bags, two minutes in the microwave, amazing rice. I don't know. I don't know. Was Tilda, has Tilda always been around? I think so. I
1: don't
0: know. Are, are you? Are you assuming I should know about rice because I'm Indian, Joel? No. I'm, I'm offended. I just went, You're older than you're older than me, <coughs> and wondered if Tilda was around so when the You found were. it offensive. I found it funny. That's why I'm happier than you. What do you think of that quote? Um, that is Ricky recogy-based, by the way. Yeah. Um, do you know, I was going to say that is Ricky Gervais, by the way, ladies and gents, but I stopped myself because I'm not sure offensive. whether that's right, yeah, is yeah. it? Well, they're not. might not be ladies. Not everyone listened yeah. into this will identify as lady or So at Disney, they can't say boys and girls anymore. They have to say friends, I think. So okay. if you go to Disneyland with your kids and Mickey Mouse is there at parties. says hello, friends. Yeah, I think
1: so, yeah. Yeah. I can see, see I, I, that's a whole number. We won't get too deep into that, but I think with that. What do you say, ladies and gents? I mean, it's quite an
0: old thing to say, anyway. Isn't it makes
1: it? me feel like a circus ringmaster.
0: It's boys bit... and girls makes sound like a pedo.
1: Because that's it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Joel's circus. Not ideal. Probably not the best way to start. Stay hungry, love. So,
0: so Maddie's um, been filling out her application form for sixth form, and we got to the diversity inclusion bits. Fucking hell, that took a time. Really? Yeah. So what, she ticked quite a few boxes. Well, yes, that's she was excited about that. She was like, well, "What well, can I play the Asian card?" I says, "No, it's not a card we play. Let's make that mm-hmm. clear." Um, but when it came to choosing your ethnicity, bloody hell, pages of choices. Really? Oh, yeah. I so they
1: have to do that. As so well.
0: she was like, "Right, so, so I think British Asian, and that's usually the one I would tick." But you go down, and there's white. No, there was something like white Asian or something. It,
1: it, so is this? This is difficult. Oh, right? I don't know. Ethnicity on a form is is that what you are or what you identify as? Fuck knows.
0: But when it came to the identifying a, a gender, that's what I said, yeah. I'm a 12% Viking, but that's are. never on the form. Oh, well, you should be offended then, John. No, Did you tick the box saying other <laughs> <laughs> and draw a pair of horns? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a dragon boat. <laughs> so. We started watching the Northman, but gave up. It was, yeah. It was it, fucking weird, right? Weird and bloody gruesome yeah and very like well they set Farto's people in the barn. that's when I started. so
1: yeah, yeah horrible mm. so I, I I watched that director's other two films so he made The Witch which is really odd got a talking goat in it and then he made The Lighthouse which is Willem Dafoe oh, and Robert yeah. Patterson black and white black and white smoking pipes and, and it's bit, very slow and, and meandering and Northman's exactly the same I think it's an incredible piece of art if you sat down with your wife over Christmas not a great choice yeah I think we flipped over and watched Die Hard 2 instead shock Right, what's point two or point one, depending on how you look at it? Just say no more. That's how this all started. Yeah, so no, sorry. The orid- the orid- yeah. So yeah, we've added, a, we've added a new point in. We're already half an We're going to say no in? more, including going off on tangents should, on the podcast.
0: Should this podcast just instead be we, we focus on just saying no, and then we can do another podcast about my 10, 10 points?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. So what things do you need to say no to this year that you didn't say no to last year? Also, for me, everything's driven by goals.
0: So, I'd say to people, the, most, the, the biggest reason we find most business owners go around in circles is because they don't know where they're going. Mm. So, where do you want to be in 12 months' time? What's that look like? Number of tickets sold, number of customers, money, mm. whatever. Right. Break that down into quarterly chunks, game plans. What do you need to do in Q1 to move you towards your goals? So, when you're clear on your goals and that's underpinned by your values, then saying no becomes an easier choice because you know what to say no to. If it doesn't lie with your goals or your vision, well, I'll say no then. Mm. But of course, if you don't know where you're going or you don't know what your goals are, you're not clear on your values, then of course you're going to be confused about what you say yes and no to because you, you haven't got that direction. So if someone says to me, oh, can you do this? Well, does it agree with my values and will it move me towards my goals? Right. Because my goals aren't, aren't purely personal there for my family as
1: well. So it's not just a purely selfish thing. I had a tough one this weekend. Really tough one. I'm family. I'm in trouble. It's always family. I'm in trouble as well. So you and I are going to the IFS conference in September this year. Yes. In Brighton. I had to save the date come through for one of Hannah's close friends this weekend. But I said now I've already I'm already Save the date, was that a wedding? A wedding, yeah. And obviously sent it out nine months before to give you plenty of notice. But now I'm already doing something. And she was like, Well, fitness conference, you're not very fit, Joel. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't sound like something. I was like well, I might be fit by then. But um no, yeah, I said no. No, I've got, uh, my diary's already booked. Then I, I can't. But when you say that's close friend of Hannah's, went to school, stayed in touch ever since. See each other a good few times a year. Um, so Hannah's going to have to go on her own, or what? Hannah's going to go on her own now. Yeah. Um, hey George. <laughs> yeah, that's the dog for the litter. Um, what are you going to do? I'm coming with you. Well, I don't. I don't take Emma. I'm still coming with you. <laughs> you don't want to go to the wedding, do you? I, I know. They're a lovely bunch, these people. And I've been to a wedding with that group of friends before, and it was amazing. But if I've committed to something, and it is something that's loosely on our game plan as well, about aligning ourselves with certain people, I can't then change my mind. So on January the 1st,
0: everyone sat down with our diaries. This sounds really sexy and romantic. And I write, right, what do we need to block off in Q1? So we went through birthdays, date, lunch. So my mum's birthday is on March the 13th, which I think is a Monday. So it's like, right, let's block off the Sunday between 11 and 3, and we'll take mum somewhere out for a birth. Because unless we do stuff like that, other people and other things are going to encroach on that time. And before you know it, it's quarter two, and you think, what the fuck did I do in quarter one to move me towards my goals, or to celebrate my wins, or... Spend
1: time with family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it with the kitchen calendar. Hannah's still like for literally January, February, March calendar. And um, she was shocked, but it took me nearly all day to get to June because of the amount of stuff going off. And then I was like, now you see why I need to say no more often. And I think a lot of people, especially if they're not business owners listening to this, will struggle
0: with just saying no. Because from, from birth, it's, it's conditioned into us that- you you say yes because you're a nice person. Saying yes is a good thing. Being selfless is a good thing. But
1: there's a difference in being selfless
0: and just and self care.
1: Tell you what, as well, and you're the same. If I say yes, I fucking mean it. So um, I'm like a man of my word. And so Shrewsbury played on the Thursday between Christmas and New Year. All the lads agreed that that's the first game we're all going to go to together because one of them's had a kid, one's had stuff at work, all went. They were also playing New Year's Day at home and we'd all previously said, yeah, we're going. And we all went on that Thursday and midway through the game they all turned and said, oh, I've got plans on New Year's Day. Maybe. So everyone there had rearranged, except for me. Did you go on your own then? I just didn't. Well, I, was, I ended up being ill, so it wasn't, wasn't the end of the world. But it's, that's a demoralising feeling when you've agreed with people and you're quite reliable, and then they all tell oh, yeah, no, actually something's come up. Fuck off. Like, time is precious. Something's come up more important than this. Yeah, and then it makes you feel shit. And I think, you know, you, in business, you have to be really careful because make sure you say no to the things you should say no to. But when you say yes to something, even if later on you change your mind, you can get a reputation for pissing people about. You, you have to um mm. You've got to stick to your guns. And, there's you know, there's things I regret saying yes to, for sure, but I still show up. It's always making decisions,
0: isn't it? You know, more <clears throat> was a thing about indecision will cost you more than wrong decision. Yeah. You're umming and ahhing, say, you know. And that's why if, if you say yes and you think, oh, I'm not sure, you know, make yourself publicly accountable. Yeah. So you could to commit to something. You make yourself accountable with friends, family, bloody Facebook, whatever the chance you're going through with it are higher because otherwise you, you always get the people. <sighs>
1: We've
0: all got friends who we know are flaky and they say they'll turn up to something, beers, whatever. And they don't. And it's basically, you're just not high enough on their priorities when someone says, Oh, I'm too busy. No, you're not. This just wasn't high enough on your priorities. Oh, I haven't read that email.
1: Fuck off. It takes 10 seconds to read an email. Yeah. That, that's like part of the reason I think we get on as business partners is it's very like, you you know if I've said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I know if you said you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And the only reason that might not happen is, is one of us hasn't communicated it clearly enough. Otherwise, it's going to happen. And I've, I do find, and whether it's like a little bit of being on the spectrum or just like not coping very well with people who don't follow logic, when someone says they're going to do something and they don't, or someone says they're not going to do something, and then they do. I'm like, my brain gets into a bit of a pickle. Well, that's why there's a massive opportunity for us
0: to impress clients by simply doing what you said you would. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that to you by Thursday, and you do. Chances are they're going to be like, bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. Wow, Andy and Joel said they'd get this to me by Thursday, and they have. That's amazing. Because yeah. nowadays, some you're told something, someone's going to turn. I mean, let's face it, right? Oh, I'll get this to you by Thursday. You know you're thinking, no, you won't. If it comes on Thursday, I'll be bowled over. Whether it's waiting for a bloody parcel, whatever it might be, how many appointments I've made, whether it's dentists, hairdressers, whatever. Oh yeah, so and so's ill. Can we move it? Can we reschedule it? It's like oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah.
1: It's an odd thing, isn't it? And and I don't want to like people to feel like I'm saying no because They're not important anymore. I'm just saying no to that thing, and like I've had to get much (coughs) stricter about. uh, Like I've put 24 dates in the diary for me and Hannah for the rest of the year, so there will be we'll go on a date 24 times this year. That's non-negotiable. Um, I've put we've agreed that we'll book our next holiday before we go on our holiday in a couple of weeks. Um. Is these things that like are really important to me? And like, I even ask my coaches and my mentors, what do I need to do to be a better client? And they struggle to tell me because no one asks that question. And it, I find that interesting. I think, I think that might be an indication of when you need a new coach is when they don't know what. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so, like saying no is just a massive one. And like, one of my coaches like he's he's really cool he was going to put on an event in Vegas um for everyone to get together in Vegas and he asked the group and people were so flaky mm. that he couldn't organize it so he had to dumb down the plan now he will say no other things came into it covid passports and all this sort of stuff which is true but ultimately we knew about all that before he asked the question so i'm like Sometimes I feel like in business, and not not in an arrogant sense. I'm just playing a different game, and you're the same. Uh, we've got we're fortunate to work with a lot of clients that are like this, where to operate on a certain level, you just can't be flaky. You can't be indecisive. You might be wrong, but at least you found out you were wrong quickly. And
0: yeah, and I think it's, it's um saying saying no. Not only will it move you towards your goals quicker I think that that respect I think we touched upon earlier it's people don't like being told no but they hear it so rarely if you can you imagine turning around and saying no I don't want to do that why because I don't want to I don't know, really I just don't want to do it and it's like <laughs> so I think some of the things and usually I suppose this comes down to family doesn't it why can't you do this because I don't want to I simply don't want to I mean for me is you know Kids obviously play, play a massive part. It's like, well, if there's something that would encourage my time with them, then absolutely it's a it's a fuck no. Yeah. And so I recently, not sacrificed, but gave up a weekend to do something for someone in my family, which was totally unappreciated. I was like, that's a weekend I could have spent with my kids. Or me. That's a weekend I could have spent with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, and so now I know – I need to let go of that. But I know it was my fault because I said yes in the first place. Well uh, I should have
1: said no. And we're not perfect at this. There's like prime example, <coughs> me and you talk about we should celebrate the working oh, more often, yeah. right. Yeah. We banged on about that for two years now. Don't think we did one last year, did we? We did. And it was uh we went we took Emma to Soho farmhouse for dinner on the very last day of the, of the working year. I know we were supposed to go out for a tie meal one and, and I, I changed that.
0: I can't remember why. But yeah, yeah, because we had a big win, didn't we? And um, you're right, let's go out for food. Let's go to that nice Thai place, both like Thai food. And just something else came up. We just didn't didn't do it.
1: And you, you what you're subconsciously doing is putting yourself bottom of your own list. And that ain't good. That's a really bad... You, you That old adage, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. when the plane's going down. It's so true. To be selfless, you've got to be selfish. selfish and... um. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. Um, Simon Sinek talks about this a lot. That if you're not looking after yourself first, you're not in a position to look after anyone else. And yet, when you look around, a bit like what we were talking about earlier, about people picking on trolls or woke people or gammons or whatever, they haven't got their own shit in order. They're in no position to be telling other people how to live their lives. And
0: uh, Yeah, that's so true. And they're so busy throwing this violent toxicity out there it's like, well, there's one common denominator here. Everything in your life's toxic. Do you think maybe you're the problem?
1: Yeah. And like I posted over the um, over the Christmas period, I posted a big long post of all the things that are planned, and um, and that and it was only like half of the. I couldn't fit half of the stuff in the post. But at the end, I said, but remember, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You don't see the sacrifice, the trauma, and the things you have to say no to in order to achieve this. Because what people don't see is, yeah, I, I get to do some incredible things. You get to do some incredible things. We're fortunate that we're being invited to speak in incredible spaces. But then I have to miss weddings. I have to miss like being around when my nephew's growing up. I have to miss being able to visit my nan regularly in hospital. There, There are big sacrifices that you have to be brave enough to make to achieve these things. And if you're not willing to, that's fine. But then don't expect the level of reward. Well, they positive.
0: There has to come a negative. And the flip side of that is when there's a negative, there'll be a positive. So you say no, there'll be a yes. Some good will come of it. And it's just yeah. balance. Whereas before, I suppose, yeah, I used to be of the whole zero negativity train of thought. And although that's wonderful in principle, and there's been some excellent books written about it, it's like, well, no. Just fucking else since the days of Newton talked about balance everyone knows there's balance balance in the force, good and evil but yeah with every positive has to come a negative so yeah you you get all these wonderful stuff but like you say there are things you have to sacrifice accordingly but it will be vice versa as well yeah so you say no to this thing that will open up another opportunity so you just got to be okay with the fact that who you're saying no to probably won't like it but a good thing especially for business owners who are onboarding new clients Bear in mind, if you just say yes, 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 that will, in all likelihood, come back and haunt you because no one likes having their toys taken. To so if you give people all their toys and at some point you want a toy back or you don't give them a toy, guess what? They ain't going to like it because yeah.
1: you, you've trained them to always get what they want. We, we had a, a legacy client ring up this morning um, and say, oh, I haven't heard back on an email I sent on the 23rd. And uh, the email was, "Can I cancel this part of my service?" Which didn't need a reply on the twenty third, and uh, and I just thought to myself, like, how badly have I trained that client that they emailed on the on like, quarter past six on the Friday the twenty third? Wow! And they first day back in the office, and they ring up at ten a.m. and ask, "Oh, I've heard back on this." Well, you will hear back. It's just yeah, it's really intriguing. But I am. Um, Listen to a lot of Ed Milet and Andy Frisella over the Christmas period and they were talking about you have to put yourself in a position to be lucky. So they were saying that luck isn't, doesn't just, someone doesn't just wave a magic wand and it happens to you. You put yourself in a position to earn luck. So what they were saying is like, if you think that there's going to be people of influence at a certain conference, you need to make sure you're at the bloody conference. Or if you think, Joining a private members club is going to give you the opportunity to network with people you would otherwise not have the opportunity to network with. Join the bloody network club. Um, but to do that, you obviously have to make sacrifices. So like in my life, like the conversation at home at the moment is, do I continue renewing my Shrewsbury Town season ticket, knowing that I've already missed six games this season, we're only halfway through the season? Is that sensible? And, and I love football. But do I love football as much as the adventure of business? No, nowhere near. So putting myself in a position to be lucky, but saying no to things that I really enjoy is quite. It's an and then like the whole like saying no to things so that I have time to go to the gym, saying no to things that I shouldn't eat. It it starts to apply in all areas of your life. So like I know if I want to achieve the health goals I want to achieve this year. I've got to say no to an awful lot of food that I normally say yes to, and um, that's that's hard. God, yeah,
0: hard. Oh, saying no to food as well—that's
1: you're really good at it. Yeah, I
0: am, but there'll probably be some other vice. It may, maybe I will treat myself to a few drinks if I had to say no haven't. to certain types of food. No, I know, but it, but it's but it. But... Maybe you're just grumpy because of all that. That stuff. could that, that yeah. could be an explanation. That could be the rationale behind. Yeah. But no, because I'm not. I'm not, and I've never been, and never will be. Admittedly, the David Goggins type that is literally every moment. Stay of hard. Your, yeah, every moment of your life needs to be a challenge. Um, and getting up at five is enough. Now you need to get up at four, and saying no to everything. Uh, that's not what we're saying. It's like you know, it's okay to okay you can't eat certain foods but to treat yourself or you can't yeah i you know i um went teetotal for two and a half years have a couple of drinks now and then wouldn't go crazy again but i'd find it hard to say no to everything no booze no fucking nice food whatever it might be to have one little vice but and that's why we're saying not not say no to everything but almost maybe to make it more of a default than a no i don't know i don't know what the answer is but Saying no more often, I say,
1: is a general yeah. broad brushstroke that most people listening can benefit from. So you said something to me earlier that was really interesting. We were talking about alcohol and about how when you're in a small group of people, it's really hard to be the only one not drinking. Mm. I, have, if drinking. I have exactly the same mentality with food. So if I'm with six people and we went out for Christmas dinner, let's say, But I know that my macros are going to be way over if I have that Christmas dinner. I really struggle not to have it.
0: But on something like that, isn't it? You can't. Don't you work out your macros the whole day? Think right. it's okay. So in breakfast and lunch, I'll basically just have water. I think you underestimate how much I eat. Oh
1: really? Okay. (laughs) But like, yeah, no. That's that's where I need to get to, isn't it? It's like actually probably need to go to the gym for ninety minutes today because I'm doing big dog walk and maybe go a bit gentle tomorrow to sort of allow for this but um when you're in a room of people and and they're not taking that stuff into account like with alcohol food uh conversation sometimes it's saying no in that environment that's when it's really really hard like my my boxing day this year big italian family do and food and alcohol was just flowing nonstop from the moment you woke to the moment you went to sleep. So an 18 hour window of food.
0: But they like all hung over from the day before.
1: They just go again, they just I mean, um, I don't want to make racial stereotypes, <clears throat> but these guys know how to party. So it's um yeah, it's it's a whole different game. And then that kind of discipline and, and ultimately it comes down to like purpose, vision, goals. Will this get me to my goal? So me sitting at that table not over Christmas, but say tomorrow I decide to eat a bucket of fried chicken, knowing that midway through this year I've got to do a ten-kilometer obstacle course. Well I will be further away from my goal after that meal than I am closer to it? And that's the real decision-making piece. And like you know, we're going to go on holiday, and and Hannah rightly says to me, "So you're going to hold back on what you eat and stuff?" I'm like, well, no, because hopefully there's delicious, healthy food mm-hmm. there. I can like I can have mm-hmm. seafood, amazing. And tacos, you know, not nothing too bad for me. But that level of discipline and, and making sure you're on purpose and and in sight of your goal is the only way you'll stay on track. And what's yet- like
0: um what's what's the book? Um Will It Make the Boat Go Faster. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for like for like I think the two years of competition before the next Olympics, the, that rowing team, every decision was will it make the bow go faster? Should we go for a beer after practice? Will it make the boat go faster? If the answer is no, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And they did that for like, and obviously came home with the gold. Now, for some people, it's like, fuck me, well, I'd rather come home with silver and have two years and enjoy myself a bit. But obviously, this is a the commitment uh, yeah, they made. And to and each that's other
1: obviously one. an extreme example because sometimes going for a beer would have made the boat go faster because team unity. And so it's not, we're not saying they didn't go for a drink. We're saying that every decision they made was goal orientated. And I think that's fascinating like that like we're taking our team out for a delayed christmas party in two days will we get much work done on that day no will it make the boat go faster definitely
0: yeah it's a case of well it comes back to what you're saying at the beginning you to be clear enough in your goal and have a strong enough goal because if your goal is a bit wishy-washy or easily attainable then that really isn't giving you a big enough why whereas you're clear like you say i want to get to this weight or i want to do this race or whatever it might be that's pretty set in stone. Yeah. It's not a case of, I want to lose weight. That's, that's not a goal.
1: Yeah,
0: I want to get to 70 kilograms. That's
1: a goal. So What's that noise? It's um, a WhatsApp call coming through on a Facebook device <laughs> under our telly. But, um, We've got a Facebook device under our telly. Um, yeah. So, interestingly, I want to lose 15 kilos of fat but gain 5 kilos of muscle. And that's a set, set
0: that's, goal. That's
1: really good. Um,
0: and when's, when's the deadline of that, then?
1: Well, I just I, I need to drop the fat quite quickly so that the cardio training doesn't hurt as much.
0: So it's weird. Someone asked James Smith this on Instagram just yesterday. Say they wanted to do the same thing, and he was saying, as as far as I understand it, rather than trying to do the two things, if you want to lose fat and gain muscle, lose the fat first. So do the cardio first for three months, or whatever and then work on the muscle. Yeah. That was his... That was his it's very hard
1: to be in. Is it ketosis? <coughs> yeah, he was talking about all here. that shit and I didn't really Yeah, very hard that. to be in both at the same time. Um, obviously, if you only want to gain a small amount of muscle versus the amount of fat you want to lose, it's easier. So, like, I should naturally gain five kilos of muscle through the exercise I'm doing, too. Um, you can start running again, then. You've got to do it. I've got to, I? There's no way I'm doing 10K over an assault course without being able to run at least 15K. Which... You can do the couch to 5K, then? Yeah, but like, I've never run 15k, so it terrifies me, but that's one I'm doing it. Well, if you think in January 2020,
0: I struggled to run for a minute at a time. You used to hate running. Yeah, I'm Indian. Name me famous Indian runner. Name me famous Indian runner. We're no. not built for it, it's my jeans. I know you said something terrible, though. Were you going to say something racist in a Sri Lankan accent? I
1: said, I said they run in the cricket. No, I'm not even Sri Lankan. <laughs> yeah, short distances, aren't <laughs> um,
0: How do we get onto that?
1: Well, just um, being goal-focused. How do you get on the Indian thing? I don't know. You brought that bit up. Oh, something. running. Oh, yeah. Run, yeah. So you think about
0: it, right? So I could, like, running more than a minute was a struggle. You do the couch to 5K, and it's amazing. How quickly, and then what, what about five
1: k to ten k? I know I shouldn't Same. even be thinking about that right Same. now. But you were shocked at how yeah progressive it was. It's like
0: shit in three months' time. And sorry, in three months, I'm effectively running like like pretty much ten k.
1: When came the bit? I mean, this is like just like sports counselling though. But when came the bit where you went, fucking, on, I'm actually enjoying this.
0: When I got off the treadmill and start running outside, everyone said to me, "Running outside's much harder." And for some stupid reason, I I listened to that. Surely a whole lot less boring. Oh, it was Exactly. So it might be harder because of the road surface undulating, blah, blah, whatever. Fucking hell, it's a lot more enjoyable because you've got, well, one, you've got the benefit of fresh air, but there's things to look at, there's nature to appreciate,
1: you know, where we live, lots of fresh air, not like running through some smog-filled city. So, okay, better question. When did it go from thinking about how fucking painful it was? 'Cause if you can only run for a minute every every minute after yeah. that's gonna hurt, right? Yeah. So where did it go from? Actually this hurts, but I'm enjoying it. sort of actually this just hurts and all I can focus on is getting to the end. So this hurts, but it's fun.
0: Probably towards the end of that first stage where yeah. you, you can get to five K. When you can run five K and not stop I'm not saying full gas must do it in under half an hour.
1: Uh, but after, you can you can do it under half an hour, can't
0: you? Yes. Yeah, um but I'd have to push myself now because I'm not training for short distance. Yeah, of training. For yeah, long yeah. Distances, so. yeah you're and that's something right. I've noticed that now I'm training for a long distance run. Yeah, my short distance running shit. If I if I if I ran a park run, if you, I, you if I ran park run to do under half an hour, I'd be fucked.
1: Yeah, that's see, the training plan for this assault course is like that. They're like don't bother with park runs. Nothing like a park run. Don't Bother with a marathon, it's nothing like a marathon. You'd like to is the fan dance, train for what you're training for. So,
0: the yeah. the poor people who are just doing all their training on flat surfaces and shit, it's like, Well,
1: that ain't like Penny Fan, imagine, yeah. Imagine if you live, so, in, live in South Cheshire, and you just well, know. yeah,
0: yeah. So, if you're if you're if you're so I'm training for a marathon, so I'm, I'm gonna ignore all my wishes. I, I wonder if I could still do 5k under half an hour, it doesn't matter.
1: Well, yeah, it's irrelevant, and like. One of the parts of this assault course... I don't know how... This is an unbelievable podcast. It's all over the shop. But one of the parts of the assault course is a rope climb. Oh, cool. So... Under, that's in school. Yeah. And I've got to do that four times because I've got to do four laps of this course. You try lugging over 100 kilos up a rope. That... It's hard for anyone. You're doing loads of pull-ups then? Well, eventually.
0: <laughs> you okay, no. so. yeah. yeah, train for what you're training for. But like I say... So... As much as you know, so so my first goal, yeah, doing the five k, then a ten k, then a half. But it's always still. Wonder how fast I can do a five k, and mm. that's where you have to say say no to Not that ego, to that thing. You're training for something different now. So same in business. If you're if you've got a different goal to what you had last year, you've probably got to change your thinking a little bit. Yeah. And some things you have to say it doesn't fucking matter or it's irrelevant. And to be honest, it's quite hard to say to a client whose strategy has changed, forget that. Not, we ain't there anymore. you pass that point. This is what we're training for. Some things need to change. That's
1: tough, right? Really That's tough. Like we, Well, I enjoy doing that. We've gone mm. through the pain of that, where when you're a five-figure business, you make five-figure decisions, as mm. you should. Mm. When you're a six-figure business, when you're a newly six-figure business, you still make five-figure decisions. And, and then when you're a seven-figure business, you still make six-figure decisions. And it's fucking hard. That's so hard when you have to... When a client that you've looked after for 10 years no longer fits and you have to say, look, we, we don't think we're the right fit for you anymore. Or when mm. an employee who was brilliant when you were a small company doesn't fit when you become a big company in in relative terms. Um Or when your branding worked perfectly when you were a local business, but when you become an international business, it makes no sense whatsoever. Those things like they're the hardest parts in business sometimes. Like the whole like saying no to stuff that you would previously have said yes to. Here's the thing. The more you'll grow, the more you'll say no. Oh, just thought of that.
0: Did you? Yeah, literally.
1: More but no, I think it's true. More the more
0: successful you get, that comes with you had to say more to no stuff oh. because more people will want a
1: slice of you. Really more successful people, want to people work employ people, people to be a barrier. Just to get those gatekeepers in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. You know, like, if you could get access to, oh, I'm to David Beckham, if you could get instant access to David Beckham to ask if he could come and open your primary school, that would be a massive problem for his life. That, the messages alone would disrupt his life tremendously. So it, like, he has to employ people to say no on his behalf. That's like... And some people, I think,
0: the anxiety that would cause would just be too much. Yeah. And so it's like,
1: be happy with where you're at. Because if you want to grow, you will need a stronger wife. And and that's kind of like where you have to be careful about the rumors you hear about celebrities and business owners and stuff of like, oh, we asked him to open our primary school and he just sent us a blunt no, No, that Mm. isn't what happened. Mm. That isn't what happened. You approached his PR team or whatever it would be. And he didn't have availability. You've then decided, (coughs) you've then decided that he's too big for you and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, when no one had heard of him, he was always opening up our school fates. It's like, yes, well, he's
0: very, very busy now, and lots of people want him. Yeah. If he wants to help lots of people, some other people he can't help all the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And obviously, the more successful people become, the easier they are to snipe. And that's the, the more you say no, the easier you'll become to mm-hmm. snipe. And you, that's where the resilience piece and the mindset piece comes in of like, right, I'm a seven figure business owner now. And I act and operate like a seven-figure business owner. What will happen is some five and six-figure business owners will take pops at me, and I've got to be ready for that. Or eight-figure, nine-figure, whatever it might be. Like everyone's very a terrible example, but everyone's very quick to take pops at Elon Musk at the moment. But only about four people on the entire planet know what it's like to be in his shoes. It's like you can't comprehend losing two hundred billion dollars in a week. So. It's, it's strange.
0: I was talking to, um must have been Emma the other day. Uh, We've we got two daughters. And one, like I was at school, almost wants to be liked by everyone. The other one's cotton on to the fact that mm. she's, let's
1: say, a bit more um The more divisive I am, the more people are like me.
0: That's almost, <laughs> she's like, I can accept people not liking me. Because those people love me, so rather than being quite liked by everyone, I'd rather
1: be loved by yeah. some, and the others. So this is how um, the comedy, the in betweeners came about, right? Is they're literally in between us; they don't know whether to be in that camp or that mm. camp, and so they end up being in the middle, and no one likes no them. Yeah, no one likes,
0: and it's like I say, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. Fucking, I'm trying to think of a super successful entrepreneur that haven't had people, you know, reading. Oh, I mean, that's so good the, the Steve Jobs um, biography. Lots of people hated him. Lots of people didn't like work for him and they quit or were fired. But then you've got these other people who didn't just like him. They, they, were, they loved him and they would have fucking died yeah. for his vision. And if you're in the middle trying to please everyone, saying yes all the time, you just will never, ever achieve any degree of that success.
1: No.
0: I get that. Fucking okay, hell. We, we really have conquered a lot of ground today. And it wasn't even what we we're supposed to be talking about.
1: What's the moral of the story? No. the more you'll grow yeah the more you need to say no yeah yeah the, yeah the more you say no the more you'll grow I like that. there we go that's better thanks for listening to the stay hungry podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review now if you're looking to sort your marketing out visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today